when we went on the stage to pitch Brias, we had another goal. We wanted to survive. And I think those judges who, who were looking at us, they were listening to us, they, they noticed that. And, you know, we won a lot of, a lot of competitions and, you know, those really helped us. And also, you know, from these competitions, you learn how you have to pitch, how you connect to people. And, you know, it's not just like the funding, you know, there is also a lot of like, you need like talents, you need uh, people who are experts in other fields and you want to have them as, as your advisor. So those competitions really helped us with those, you know, like we could survive and also that helped us to keep going. And now, from San Francisco and the UCSF Rosenman Institute, the Health Technology Podcast with your host, Christine Winotto. Our guest today is Dr. Maddie Pekar, inventor and founder of Brios Technology. Maddie started as a dental student in Iran, traveled to the United States for his PhD in biomechanics from Johns Hopkins, and against all odds, became a huge entrepreneurial success while in residence. Brius's revolutionary tooth straightening method does not show from the front or require constant checkups, which differentiates it from other methods like braces or Invisalign. Although today Brius boasts FDA approval and hundreds of successful treatment, it has not been an easy road for Brius or for Medi. Here's our conversation. Hi, Mary. Welcome. Thanks for joining me this morning. Hi, Christine. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's so exciting to see how uh, Brius has making a lot of good progress since we first met uh, a few years ago. I thought it would be good for our listener to hear a little bit about your background. You have a really interesting background. Uh-huh. And uh, if you can share with us the path that you took to that take you where you are today. Yeah, sure. So uh, as you know, I'm from Iran. So I did my dentistry um, and also residency in orthodontics in Iran. I was a faculty uh, there in Iran for a year. And uh, then I came to the U.S. And the reason I came to the U.S., was that I, I loved physics. I loved quantum mechanics, condensed matter, uh, physics. And uh, I came to the U.S. to um, start my Ph.D. in physics here at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And, uh, you know, I transferred to Johns Hopkins to finish my Ph.D. Um, at uh, Johns Hopkins in biomechanics. And during all these times, I could not uh, stop thinking about the concept of Prius. Um, and maybe I should back up. Uh, I tell you how I started thinking about Prius. When I was a resident in Iran, I had this teacher who came to the clinic uh, every week for orthodontic treatment instead of every month. You know, for orthodontic treatment, you should go to the clinic every month, every six weeks. And then I asked him, why you come so often? And he said, right now I have braces. And he was like 40 something years old. And my 13 year old students are laughing at me because of my braces. And before having my braces, they were still laughing at me because I had very crooked teeth. 
And he was very insecure about um, his teeth in general. And right now, because his braces. Um, also, he had to skip classes uh, to come to see me. So I thought there should be a better way to um, fix this problem. So I thought about Rias. Um, I wrote a proposal. I gave it to School of Dentistry in my hometown, Shiraz, although it got rejected. They told me it's a great idea, but um, it's more like science fiction and uh, you won't be able to manufacture it. But, uh, you know, you know, kind of I put it aside. I came to the U.S. and during all this time, during my Ph.D., I was I couldn't stop thinking about Brius. And um, finally, I went to UCLA. I did my residency, a second round of residency in orthodontics. And that was when I seriously started to work on um, Brius and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, so I thought it was interesting that, you know, you came here to study uh, physics. I mean, I don't think I know any dentist after they yeah. finished the school of dentistry and to come to learn physics and try to pursue a degree in that. Um, how, what made you want to change that you, instead of just, you know, come here and be a dentist? Because you could have chosen that route from the beginning. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe the reason I chose orthodontics was physics, because, you know, in orthodontics, you apply force to the teeth and teeth move, right? And I remember from high school, I knew that I'm going to be a dentist and I'm going to do orthodontics. I knew that from high school. But uh, during my residency, you know, I, I noticed that I really want to understand quantum mechanics more deeply. And that was the reason that, you know, I started studying physics a little bit in Iran, and then I came to the U.S. And, you know, in condensed matter and quantum mechanics, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign is like the number one, according to U.S. News. So I chose University of Illinois, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I have no regrets. You know, as you said, financially, it does not make sense uh, <laughs> that you, you finish your um, you know, your studies and, you know, you completely change your field. And, but, you know, it was just, I was in love with physics and I'm still in love with physics. And I think it really helped me to think about orthodontics another way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, Christine, we had traditional braces for a hundred years, more than a hundred years. And then 20 years ago, uh, a new concept came that was aligners. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't have, we just had these two systems in orthodontics, but I would say Brius is a completely new system. It's a, it's the third generation of orthodontics. And, uh, you know, you know, this is exactly how I pictured it. Something that is aesthetic, nobody will see it, uh, is fixed to your teeth. Uh, unlike aligners, you know, with aligners, um, we really need the compliance of the patient, right? So mm -hmm. if the patient doesn't wear the aligners 22 hours out of 24 hours, the treatment will fail. But Brius is fixed behind your teeth. And also it doesn't have the problems of traditional braces that, you know, traditional braces are ugly. You know, 
for adults, it's not something that they really enjoy. They have it and people see it. And even for teenagers, I would say for late teenagers, uh, after, especially after they hit the puberty, they really care about their aesthetics, maybe even more than adults. They care about their aesthetics. So this was the solution. And uh, other advantages that, you know, for example, um, if uh, because there's no wire connecting the teeth, the patient can easily floss. So oral hygiene is much better compared to traditional braces. And a lot, a lot of other advantages that, you know, it's kind of, does everything on its own after the orthodontist plans the treatment and approves the treatment, um, everything is going to be automatic after that. So the doctor or orthodontist places that and then the, the teeth move their um, from their initial crooked position to their final ideal position. And it's not like traditional braces that every visit you have to go to the orthodontist and the orthodontist have to tighten the uh, traditional braces for you. And um, the, the doctor should think, okay, what should I do now? With with Brius, they just treatment plan once, they put it in, and they li- I, that's how I tell, I talk to them. I tell, I tell them, just put it there and let it cook. <laughs> so it does the, it does the treatment for you. Yeah. And, you know, like we had, um, a lot of patients that, you know, they took advantage of this because, you know, you don't have to go to your orthodontist that frequently with Brias. Uh, uh, for example, we had this patient from San Francisco who is um, actually her, her um, husband is a part of our team and uh, she lives in Bay Area. And, uh, you know, she flew, and right now I'm, I'm, I live in Dallas and I practice in Dallas and the headquarter of Brias is in Dallas. And she flew to uh, Dallas. I placed the Brias for her. She flew back. After five months, she came back. I removed the Brias for her and the treatment was done. And it was not actually, it was not a, like a very simple, I would say a moderate case. Mm-hmm. And I could finish the treatment in just two visits. You know, that's a lot of advantage for the patient, for me as the clinician, and also like 75% of the market is teenagers and another parent is involved. They have right. to go to the clinic and you know, you save the time for them too. Yeah, no, I, I remember the first time I saw the technology and the video on how it works. It's like, I think I was like, wow, this is really exciting and it's really cool. Um, so maybe we can, you know, go back a little bit. So you went to UCLA to, after you, you, you got your fun studying your physics and you said like, you know, time for me to go back to the, you know, orthodontics because you do want to practice uh, here in the U.S. I think that's one of the requirements. Tell us about your, you know, your, the begin, the beginning of previous how, you know, must be, you know, the early states, people oftentimes don't see how hard it is to start something and share with us your, the challenges that you face and that you overcome. Yeah, of course. So, you know, Christine, as I said, you know, during my, the whole time during my PhD, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I think, uh, that is the important thing that um, uh, you should have a vision 
And you should be very strong about that vision. Um, and because, you know, sometimes I talk to my f- friends, they say, oh, I want to start a startup. And I say, okay, so what do you want to work on? They say, I don't know. I want to do something cool. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Uh, because as you said, this is a very tough thing to do. It's so hard. It's not easy. And you really have to be very sure this is your mission and this is your vision and you want to get there. Um, and you know, you should be very strong about this. And, you know, there are a lot of difficulties on the way, financial difficulties. For my case, I am an immigrant. Uh, you know, I was, I, I, I had to deal with visa issues I, because, you know, I, I was thinking, okay, I should quit my residency, but uh, I talked to an attorney that told me, okay, so if you quit right now during like, uh, right now it's difficult, you know, you shouldn't really do that. You might get into trouble. So I had to continue my residency and I had to study while I was working on, um, the startup. And also I had to raise funds, you know, to really uh, do the company and, you know, I have like a lot of stories that, you know, if, if you want me, I can tell you like yeah, how. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, sure. So when you're an immigrant, it's really hard. You know, it's you don't have any connections and you don't have connections with VCs. You don't have connections with people who can support you financially to like uh, do your work on your idea. And uh, I remember like even during my residency, I got kicked off my the clinic because I couldn't pay my tuition. <laughs> and, uh, um, and this was, um, when, you know, I knew that, you know, this is a system that, you know, I should focus on, but I, I couldn't have even afford my tuition. And also we had an office and I had to pay for the rent of the office. You know, I had to pay for the rent of the place that I was living and we had one employee. So we had to pay that employee, but, you know, finally, you know, we, uh, we, we kind of overcome all these difficulties. Um, and I would How say... How did you do that? I mean, you, it seems like you jumped, like, you know, because you, you're struggling paying tuition, you have to pay rent, you have to pay the employee. What happened? Yeah, I would say, again, that's the thing, you know, when you know that, if if I was look, I was thinking about Brias, like, okay, you know, what should I work on? Maybe I should work on Brias. Maybe I should work on something else. Whenever these difficulties show up, you might say, okay, I give up. It doesn't make sense. Let, let's do something else. But when you're sure about something, you will overcome. You find somebody to help you. And, um, you know, you know, like also, I really appreciate you. You really helped us, you know, when, uh, uh, we won that award in Rosenman Institute, you know, that opened up a lot of uh, doors for us. You know, we got connected to a lot of uh, VCs. We got connected to a lot of people who could help us, uh, who could advise us. And that was really helpful. And, um, you know, maybe it's not related to me, but I really appreciate what you do, uh, Christine, because, um, you know, I think it's very important we find those people who are working hard, but they don't have any connections and we help them a little bit. We connect them and, you know, they can do whatever, you know, their mission is. You know, I think you have the grit and the resilience 
And I think you mentioned that because you were very passionate. You really think there is an, uh, there's a need for technology like Brius. So you continuously, like you don't give up. You just like keep looking for different resources to make sure that the ideas keep, stay alive, I guess. Um, so what do you do to, you know, scrape by to pay rent, to get prototype developed? What are the things that you do besides, you know, giving up your tuition that you can't really give up because you do need to have? Right. So, uh, you know, like what we did, I would say at the beginning, we were thinking about like participating in some um, uh, startup competitions that helped us a lot. And, uh, you know, we, we were we were we made a list of what competi- startup competitions we can go and we can participate in. And, um, I remember, you know, when I went on the stage, my goal was like, for example, win the first prize, which was like $25,000. And for me, $25,000 means that, okay, this month I can pay the rent and this month I can pay my employee. And like next month I can pay like, so this is, this was, and you know, when I was talking to like the second, um, person who won the second prize, I, I remember I asked that person, okay, do you really want to work on this in the future? He said, no, actually, I just wanted to participate in this. And, you know, it was cool and it was a good idea, but I, I want to have a normal job in the future. But when we went on the stage to pitch Brias, we had another goal. We wanted to survive. And I think those judges who, who were looking at us, they were listening to us. They, they noticed that. And, you know, we won a lot of, a lot of competitions and, you know, those really helped us. And also, you know, from these competitions, you learn how you have to pitch, how you connect to people. And, you know, it's not just like the funding, you know, there is also a lot of like, you need like talents, you need uh, people who are experts in other fields and you want to have them as, as your advisor. So those competitions really helped us with those, you know, like we could survive and also uh, that helped us to keep going. It's like you're the matter of life and death for you. And so the drive is very different. This podcast is sponsored by Brown Rutnick's Global Life Sciences Group, a team of legal professionals that help life science companies, lenders, and investors around the world turn good science into good business. Learn more at brownrudnick.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Canon Quality Group, Canon Quality Group has been helping medtech startups set up quality management systems for over 10 years. If you're unsure when to get started with quality management in your startup, turn to the experts at canonqualitygroup.com. Tell us about where you are with Brios right now. Yeah, sure. So I would say I'm very happy with we are uh, with the with Brias uh, right now, um, we are in the stage that uh, we have uh, treated hundreds of patients and uh, we are growing very fast and we are um, expanding our team. We are um, hiring uh, new engineers. Uh, we are hiring technicians. We are expanding our sales team. Um, and we built a team of uh, also executives um, that's, you know, 
this is very important to have uh, people with good experience on your team that they have done this before. And, you know, whenever you start something uh, for the first time, you know, definitely you're going to make mistakes. So if you have made mistakes before, the probability of making mistakes decreases. So uh, we are trying to minimize all those uh, mistakes. And uh, we have uh, our VP of sales is a very experienced um, uh, person. We're looking at, we, we hired VP of manufacturing recently. Uh, we hired, um, we are going to hire a VP of marketing soon. So we are building a, a team that, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the whole company is not just the technology, you know, it's, it's, is the team. And also, um, the culture of the company, we have, uh, we have a combination of experienced people with very young engineers, very excited, uh, team that's, you know, it's very interesting. Whenever you come to the headquarter, you can find somebody like it's midnight. It's on a weekend. Uh, they are so excited. And, you know, again, all of us share that vision, uh, where Brias should be and what our goal is. And, uh, again, like all of us have different opinions about like doing things and which is a, which is a great thing. And there are different ways to do things, but, we all share that um, vision together. And I think one of the important things that we could do is to keep the culture. Uh, and we have a very, uh, in my opinion, we have a very good culture in the company. And uh, if you just go randomly ask a, um, like an employee, it's okay, what is the mission of this company? You know, I think they will share the same thing with you mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we emphasize on what is important for us. Mm-hmm. And the important thing for us is to take care of our patients, take care of our doctors. And everybody, it's very clear. All the decisions that we make uh, is based on just these two. Mm-hmm. Is it going to help our patients? Is it going to help our doctors? If yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you still practicing now? Or you, you don't have much time left for that aspect of it? Yeah. So Christine, I think it's very important you know, because I am in a situation that I am the kind of customer for the product that we make. It's very important, uh, for me to be connected to, uh, our patients. So I almost go to the clinic every day, even if it is a short period of time to like, uh, see like a couple of patients. Uh, and I, and, and you know what 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 I believe in is that ideally, uh, if you want to have a product, you should be the customer for that product. It's not always possible, but that's the ideal situation. Certain certain things you don't want to be the customer. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Sometimes you really don't want to be the customer for uh, some things, but for in our case, uh, you know, I am an orthodontist, and this really helped me to understand when. Every day I talk to the patients, I understand what they need. Also, me as an orthodontist, I understand what are the pains, what are the problems, and I can address those. And also, I keep contact with other orthodontists. It's not just me. Um, And something that I really believe in, Christine, is that uh, we should should be the, you know, especially at the beginning of each startup, we should be the customer service ourselves. 
-hmm. should never say, okay, delegate that. That part is so important. And there should be a very tight iteration, quick iteration. Get feedback, improve. Get feedback, improve. That's so important. Um, and that's something that I, I really think I, I will always be a customer for Brias to understand and be able to improve. So I think you mentioned, I was about to ask you, your what's your top three lesson learned uh, from your, you know, from the journey that you had from the beginning of starting Brius to where it is now, what are the three things, the major three things that you learned that, that will carry you? Yeah. So there's a tough question, but <laughs> so maybe, maybe one thing that I can mention is that whenever you go to the off to the office and you think about the, what I should do today, I, maybe I can, I can, uh, sometimes I have an analogy for it. I say there are lots of fires in a startup. There are lots of fires. One of them is big. One of them is like medium size. There are like, like several that are small. The most important thing is that because you have very limited resources, you have to pick the biggest fire and you have to put out the biggest fire. So it's very easy to get distracted. Um, you go, you go and somebody tells you something and you want to do that, but you should say, okay, today, this is the biggest, um, positive thing that we can do for the company, or this is the biggest negative thing that the company has that might kill the company. So I should just focus on that and picking that and be realistic about it is very important. I think that's one thing that I really learned and Every day I think about it and like, especially when I go back home, when I'm driving back home, I think about, okay, what did I do today? What was the most important thing? Did I do the right thing? Um, how can I improve tomorrow? So that's one thing. The other thing that I mentioned is, um, maybe I indirectly mentioned that, but sometimes some technology companies, uh, they they, they just focus on the technology, you know, like Brias is a technology company. We, we, we are like, we are focused on, it's a medical device company, but our software is very important. Uh, there's a lot of calculations in our software. It's a very complex software that does a lot of calculations to uh, find out what is the best design for the Brias. And uh, sometimes in you know, when I talk to my founder friends or like other CEOs that I talk to, they forget about the product itself and what is important about the product. They focus on the technology. And that's the wrong thing. You know, like a technology might be cool, but is that important? Sometimes something that is not a very high tech thing might help our pay, like our customers the best way. So again, that's something that I learned it that, um, and uh, the other thing is that uh, maybe the third thing that I can tell you, um, usually the most important thing for the company is not the most fun thing that day that you should do. So uh, you should accept it. You should accept it. And, um, you know, sometimes they're fun things, but, you know, their impact is going to be much smaller. So you should control the situation. You should focus on something that is the most important for the company. 
I guess I think that's why sometimes it's called work rather than just play all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a fun part and that's not so fun part. And I right. think um, that's, that's good. So, well, thank you so much um, for sharing your insight. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the progress that you and your team uh, make. And it's so fun to see how far you have accomplished so far. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more Brio's product out in the market. Thank you very much, Christine. Thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate uh, you having me on on your podcast. And also, I appreciate all your help you have done in the last uh, years uh, for Brio's. Yeah, thank you very much. No, it's my pleasure. It, it's so exciting what you guys are doing. I think when we saw the the first presentation that you guys made. We were like, wow, that is so cool. And if I had to wear uh, braces, I would pick Brius without, you know, much, without much thinking. Thank you very much, Christine. You should just, you just need to uh, fly to Dallas and then we take care of everything. Yeah. So maybe we can, uh, for people who are interested in a British product? Is this something that they can uh, get right now? Or uh, is, is this something that they you they, there's only certain dentists that in the country that they can work with? Um, so if you go to our uh, website, Brius.com, and there is a Find Orthodontist uh, tab, you can go there. And put your zip code and find an orthodontist closest to you. There are lots of orthodontists who are out there and they're doing uh, Prius and they're growing very quickly and uh, you can find them. Uh, they are Prius providers. They're certified for Prius and they can help you with that. Um, and, you know, always you can like contact a company. Um, we can take care of, you know, obviously you don't have to come to Dallas. Uh, it was just, a special a special situation uh, that uh, you know because uh, it was a close friend that wanted to do Brius, so uh, she flew uh, to Dallas. But obviously, you don't have to fly to Dallas to get Brius. You know, in there, you're wherever you are, you can you can mm-hmm. get Brius. Um, and uh, a lot of we are growing very fast, especially in the last uh, few months. And uh, what I noticed is that it's a great uh, differentiator for our orthodontists, uh, you know, like maybe in 2008, 2009, if you said, I do aligners, uh, that really helped you to differentiate yourself as an orthodontist, orthodontist. But uh, right now, if you say I do aligners, like it's very routine. Uh, a lot of people do aligners, but right now is the time for Brius. And I think it's going to be here just for a few years and after that it's not going to be a differentiator and i i have felt it myself i have noticed that uh, we had several patients that they drove from a long distance uh like one of them was like three hours and a half away from uh my office my clinic and um he was like okay i heard about brius and i want to get brius and i said okay so i can find an orthodontist closer to you so <laughs> This is this is something that can help our uh, orthodontists too to differentiate themselves, and obviously it helps our patients and our parents of our patients. Because as 
I mentioned uh, teenagers are a big part of uh, orthodontic market. Uh, about 75% of the market for orthodontics uh, is teenagers. And um, what we are proud of is to save a lot of time for uh, our patients. But when we are talking about teenagers, we are saving time for the parent too. So it's like doubled. Yeah. And obviously we save time for the doctor too. So um, we are very proud that we are helping our customers and customer um, and consumers. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. And uh, check out thebrius.com uh, for more information about Brius. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health Technology Podcast. We want to thank our executive producer, Herminio Neto, our content writer, Kelly Muscat, and our podcast engineer, Andrew Rojek. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. The Health Technology Podcast is available on all major platforms.